and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. What are we and doing? And we talked about, well, well, we talked about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. It's the middle of May, Courtney. Ah, uh, it's, yeah, it is. It's the middle of May. I was talking I with- always forget that, like, because here in Maine, there's still a good five weeks left of school. That's just what I was going to say. I was talking <laughs> with somebody today, and they said, we have eight student days left. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's how it crazy? is in some places. It, it is. that that's They also go back to school like August 5th or something. So Right, right. Yeah, There's yeah. It. They start yeah. way earlier. But it is it is always, for us North, you know, New Englanders, it's, it, we still have a little ways to go. Mm-hmm. But. So I, what I want to talk today a little bit about was a conversation that I had with them and some of the things that, I don't think we've actually talked about in our six years of doing this, what? which is a miracle, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, we're talking about different entry points into a competency-based system or a proficiency-based system or whatever you want to call it is okay. that it, the more, the more I work with different districts and schools around the country, they all have something different that they latch on to like mm-hmm. that makes sense. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that is the, my one little tiny entry point to get into the wider view of all the things we've talked about, about personalized learning over the years. Yeah, and so, that's true. There are different, I mean, I think that there's probably a handful of typical ones, but, yeah, totally um, agree. but yeah, that is true. It's, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. It's over, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. So you need to have that one thing that, that opens you up and gets you in. Hey, what was yours? Do you remember? Oh, my particular one. I, I do actually. And, uh, I guess you wouldn't be surprised because it's part of our ongoing conversations over the years we've done this. Yeah. Uh, But it was, uh, culture in the classroom. Right. That I was, uh, I'll recap the story really quickly. I was a high school teacher. So all the stuff that goes with high school teachers, I know what I'm doing. My course yeah. is my course. We're all set. I don't need any of this standards-based weirdo stuff. I'll let you guys <laughs> in the middle school do this. But uh, the school that I worked in was a combination middle school, high school. So I get to mix with a middle school teacher sometimes. And, and we're, you know, we're all working together and they start talking about the way their classroom is different because of some of these things around agency that they, t- they put in place, all the things about mm-hmm. having a code of conduct and standard operating procedures and that right. sort of thing. And how much of a difference it made, especially at the middle school level and middle school can be crazy with kids because yeah. they're just, they're middle schoolers, of course. They're crazy. Yeah. So I went down to see what was going on because I was like, well, they're really jazzed about it. And I'll just see what's going on. Yeah. Good like, for oh. you. Well, well, agreed. I mean, I say that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to see what's happening. That's not what we normally did. No. Was, was visit other classrooms, but that was. No, kind of that's what, pretty darn radical right there. Just well, the it was also a little, school. it was a little scary, of course, yeah. too, because, <laughs> you know, it's just, you don't, at that time, going into somebody else's classroom as a peer is really like would freak me out at that time it would have freaked me completely out it's like yeah. why why are you coming in here why you're, you're judging me 
whether it's true or not, but you're not an administrator. So why are you in here? Yeah. Uh, and this teacher was like, come on in. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I can do that. And I was just viewing the kids and it was not like the typical other classrooms that I, that I've been in um, kids. It was controlled chaos, of course. So kids were all over the place. Sure. Yeah. But, but they were, they were all doing something. And when I asked them, I'm like, what are you doing? Um, you know, I'm working on this learning target right now. That This is what I'm working on. I'm like, well, how do you, how do you know where you are? Oh, you know, Mr. Carker does this and this and this, and I know where to go. And I know what's, what's going on. I'm like, my God, you're like 12. How do you do this? <laughs> so I took some of that stuff that he was using and I put it into my own classroom the next day. And we worked on that for about a week or so. And I saw an immediate change in my kids. Yeah. They were just a little more focused, uh, a little more responsible. And this was like February when I did this too. So it was kind of in that midwinter doldrums part. Uh, but I saw an immediate difference. I'm like, oh, all right, well, maybe I'll try something else. And then, then I tried something else. Then I tried something else. And suddenly I was like trying a lot of different things. That was really my entry point was the culture part, not anything else we might talk about today, but that worked, that worked for me. Cool. What, what about yours? How did, how did you figure this out? So I think that the real, the real catalyst for being like, for really exploding, like, right. Like my vision and my mind yeah. was scoring skills. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like I was always pretty, into like, you know, project-based, interdisciplinary, that kind of stuff. Like the idea of student choice never really freaked me out. Um, but I hate, and you've, this has been a theme. I hated rubrics. Rubrics were the bane of my existence. I hated them I've and I hated having to use them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so when I <laughs> learned about reasoning levels and scoring scales, that was the, uh, that was what tipped it over for me and made it all, everything like just click into place. And I was like, oh, I see personalized learning. I understand, I get it now. So for me, it was absolutely the scoring scales were the things that, that really made it happen. That's interesting. Um, here's a little follow-up question. Were, were you using like standards before? Yeah. Like, so were you like scoring against a standard with like no scale? So it was just like your It was a rubric. It was four, three, two, one right. rubric with all of the, okay. you know, partially meeting or, you know, sometimes right. sophisticated, like all of that crap. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Totally. It's interesting because when I went before I went to the district where we both worked in that would had a yeah. proficiency based system, my first experience in education was as schools before that. And their big thing, like my second year of teaching, I think was standards-based grading. Yeah. And it wasn't quite as annoying as just rubrics, but right. there was, there was some other stuff that made sense. There were no scales. I mean, scales was not a thing, No, yeah, but yeah. the standards-based thing made sense to me. And at the same time, it wasn't like a game changer or anything. It was just like, well, of course we yeah. should have standards and yeah. this yeah. kind of yeah. makes sense, but it wasn't like, shifting into the yeah. competency-based and proficiency-based movement. It was just right, like, right. okay, it, this is the next evolution of what we're going to do before it was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, 
this is the evolution when we go to scales and yes. the whole culture and all the steps we've talked about over the years. That right. was like the mind blow right there. So yeah. that's interesting that we just we just came up with two right off the bat that made yeah, sense. That. Yeah. And at the same time, your colleagues at the same, uh, uh, when you made this change, probably didn't all have that same experience, right? No, nope, absolutely not. I I would actually hazard to say that scoring scales are not the common <laughs> entry. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. As, you know, as first I think, step, I think, yeah. Yeah, right. I think the other thing about like my background is like when I went through teacher training, standards based anything was not that's what we were taught right in the in the program I went through. So right like but the pro, like the pro, the rubrics did not make sense. Like the standards made sense all of that, but the way we were scoring and using the standards didn't necessarily make sense. Right. But, so I think that that's awesome. That might be a reason why that worked for me because it made everything else. Cause like we talk about how the culture comes first, right? How you have to have a culture that supports that work. But I also think it goes both ways. Like I think once you have the scoring scales and things dialed in, it makes the culture so much easier. Agreed. Yeah, you, that's a great point that you bring up that we definitely have an order of you do things and, mm-hmm. and culture comes first. And at the same time, I know tons of places that go about that a little backwards, sure. but it's not backwards. It's what they're ready for. Right. And I like how you said that was that it makes the culture like obvious and working that much more yeah. because it's all part of it. You have to have all the pieces Right. And at the same time, you don't have to have them all at once because that is not humanly possible. Oh, no, it is impossible. Yeah. So so you I know you recently had a conversation with a district who shared with you kind of their aha about their entry point. Maybe they didn't realize it was an aha, but you had an aha about well, their I, entry point. I did. So this is a district that I've worked with for a couple of years now to work into this more of a competency based system. And it's not, it's not that they don't want to, mm. it's that they don't know how, and it's a teeny tiny place. So there's not a lot of people doing the work in the district. Yeah. So they're kind of all on their own ish with some partners to help like uh, myself and a couple of others from a couple other companies. And, and we could just not get through to them. And it's a, I, I say that not in a negative way. It's just like, we try to come up with a whole bunch of different things. Like perhaps it's about scoring. Okay. How do you change your system from zero to hundred and A to F to more of a competency-based system with scales? Okay. Okay. Well, that, that didn't really catch on. So we're like, okay, maybe we focus on what a scale is mm-hmm. and how the differentiation between complex level knowledge and foundational level knowledge might be a way in. And that might latch on to people. And that was a failure because they were missing something else. And I remember talking to this one teacher last year about it and they couldn't get past. They have a curriculum map. Mm-hmm. This is the order I do things in and I have to cover all of it. Yeah. And, and you know, immediately we've talked about this, you don't cover things anymore. You, you teach to the scales and you find out where kids are and that's what you, that's what you do. Right. That's a big mind shift. 
Okay. Yeah. Teachers couldn't get past the, well, I need to cover these 18 standards. I, I get yeah. that. And in this order. And if kids don't make it, uh, I don't really know what to do. So I'm not going to think about it anymore. Yep. Not ready for this. Okay. So <laughs> it was, a, it's been a struggle for a couple of years trying to find the right way to have all of these different entry points. And we said at the beginning, something they latch onto. Yeah. And as we mentioned for you and I, we latched onto two different things and made mm-hmm. it to the same place in the end. So I think that's fine. Yeah. What they latched onto uh, just this week was a book study yeah. that we needed. So I offered them up, which I totally had forgotten about to be very transparent about this. <laughs> I offered up a book study on a book called Mindsets and Skill Sets by mm-hmm. our friend Bill Zima. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, well, let's try this. So they set up with people from the state, uh, somebody who, who is always with them and training with them. And she liked the book a lot. So she designed some work around it. And they've been talking about it all year. And they had a, they had a session today. Yeah. About it. So I just got this email today, as it turns out. And they're like, we, we really like this because I'll, I'll just read some of it. Some of these pages right at the beginning sparked real thought and deep reflection. Our staff is asking questions like, how do we develop agency? How do we create student choice and still manage classrooms? Great question. What, yeah. is it, what does it take to create conditions for students to lead their learning? which led them into this, which led them into that. So that was their entry point was like, okay, we can see it through this book, through this vehicle, through this video, whatever it may be. In this case, it's a book. And this is where we want to start Yeah. as a staff. And again, tiny staff of like five or six people Yeah. all on that same page and they're ready to go. And uh, they are jazzed. This is the same school that has eight student days left. So they're heading into summer. They admit that they almost pretty much checked out at this point, like everybody else. Hey, it's in the year of another COVID year. So I get it. And at the same time, they are jazzed and ready for the fall to get this work moving with the kids back in system. So after a couple of years, it's finally an entry point that everybody needs their own entry point. Um, it's not going to be the same for everybody. There, there's no, this is how you implement competency-based education. There's no step-by-step. There's all of the different pieces. And I think our struggle uh, in you and I, in, in our jobs is how do we fit those so it makes sense for this individual place or this individual person? Yeah, yeah I think this is a really useful conversation to sit here and kind of try to tease out what are, like if we could make a list of possible entry points. So we've got classroom culture, we've got scoring scales, we've yeah. got learner agency, which I'm going to argue is a little different from classroom culture. It's part of it, but it's agreed. a agreed. little different. Yeah. I'm thinking you could also, a place that could be really powerful for some people <clears throat> is um, the term that's coming up for me is kind of like credit recovery, but um, like other ways to say that are like, uh, you know, addressing. um, Addressing gaps. Addressing addressing gaps. Yeah. Or I'm thinking about like, you know, dropout prevention, right? Like that kind of um, 
that kind of way in. Okay. Uh, what else? Can you think of any others off the top of your head? Uh, one thing, one thing that has worked in some other places are the discussion around grading practices. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. Gr- duh. Grading. Well, <laughs> well, you say duh, yeah. but yeah. it's not that way for a lot of people right. because they, the, maybe some places want to move to the system and don't even realize the first thing is you need to separate out behavior and all of those other skills from the grade in the classroom. Yeah. I mean, that's a big entry point for people where they're like, once, once they figure that out and be like, yes, what does that mean? How do I do that? And now you're on to step two for them. Right. Uh, but some people don't even know that, that why, why wouldn't I do, why wouldn't I lump all that stuff together? So that's, that's another entry point that works for, for a lot of people. That's, that's a way in. We just want a way in. Yeah. The way in work. So that's, that's another one. Engagement, learner engagement. Okay. Talk more about that one. What do you mean by that? I think, I think more people are, yeah, it's a total buzzword. I think so. What I mean by it is like eliminating (laughs) boredom in the classroom, right. Or making what people wanting to see learners who are more intrinsically motivated to, to do work, engage in work. Mm -hmm. We're thinking and learning. So that's, that's what I mean by engagement is, you yep. know, uh, yeah, eliminating boredom from the classroom. Yeah. Well, I think of it as we know that kids in our, we know as teachers that kids in our classroom are not always focused. Yeah. Right. And if we really start thinking about why they're not focused and why some of them are, I think we quickly realize that some of these kids are not ready for the material for whatever we're talking about. Right. And we also know that some of these kids have blown right through this and you're just blah, blah, blah at them because Mm -hmm. they already know this. Yeah. And so if we really start thinking about that, okay, so how would we solve that? And suddenly you have an entry point to scales and a progression of learning and what that looks like. So that's a way in if we have that conversation and people are like, yeah, I have that issue and I don't know what to do. Right. That's even, you're also talking about, um, you know, like intervention and acceleration. I am, but, and that was not my intent for that one. So I like that, that that's another way to attack that exact same problem. Yeah, it is. is What am I going to do with them? So like, I'm also just thinking about the case where it's like, ah, oh, it's April's Poetry Month. Here's the seven types of poems we typically see. Everybody write seven poems. How about the, the hand turkeys? Yes. <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. All yeah. of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We've identified like four, five, six different things right there. Yeah, I think, yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, well, thank you. You're uh, <laughs> and I think it's any of the of the pieces of a competency-based system can potentially be an entry point. Yes. And we, as the leaders in trying to make that change, just need to find the one that works for the audience in front of us. Right. And then start with that one and go way in depth and start asking the questions that will lead you to the next step, whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea of having these different entry points because everybody I work with has a different entry point. I know. We need to make a document with these on them now, Pat. 
The document. I was thinking, why don't we just write a book? Okay, let's write a book. I'll let you start it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's much easier doing these things. Uh, but yeah, we, we should actually do that. That's a, that's a good plan. Uh, just put work on our plates, but eh, whatever. Uh, we <laughs> all good. Uh, all right, yeah. So you all be, be on the lookout for a kickstart campaign to help that, help Matt and Courtney personalize learning with Matt and Courtney, write a book. Be fine with that. Be so you can find us people at everything P Learn MC. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>